like sticky. So yeah. Well, uh, you know, before we go too deep, we'll kick it off. And uh, oh, will, here we go. Will we? Will we? We, we, we will. Kick, will we, we kick it off? Yeah, kick it! <laughs> you did that last episode. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, keep doing well, it. <laughs> let's, let's turn this mother out. <laughs> the Dorkening and all affiliated shows are not intended for anyone under the age of 18. The following may contain discussions or scenes that have adult situations, graphic violence, nudity, strong sexual content, and graphic language. This show is intended for mature audiences only. Viewer discretion is advised. Hey, welcome to the Dork Night. My name is Leo. I'm the monkey behind the keyboard here, and uh, we're going to have a fun show for you today. Uh, you know, I, I know Brandon's going to tell you all about this because he's the amalgam expert, but we're going to be talking about Legends of the Dark Claw. And uh, before we get into that, to the burrow, Justin. To the burrow with a sparrow and the huntress. Oh, I don't know how that works. So <laughs> hi, everybody. Um, I am obviously excited about Dark Claw. That's all I got to say. Oh, yeah. Alpha Brandon. Hey, hey, hey. Uh, yeah, we're here talking about the Amalgam Comics Legends of Dark of the Dark Claw. Uh, and you know, that's uh I mean just just fucking listen. You you're in for a retreat. <laughs> well, why why don't you it's like you're already here? <laughs> what yeah, I mean you already comics? you already tuned in. Like obviously you you're you're strapped in and ready for the ride that will be this episode. Uh yeah, I, I mean, so the Leg Legends of the Dark Claw, uh, it's uh, a comic that was one of 12 in a wave called Amalgam Comics. Six were done by DC and six were done by Marvel, uh, in which they combined two or more uh, protagonist characters, heroes, essentially. Uh, and in, in this instance, uh, Dark Claw, they combined the characters of Wolverine slash Logan uh, and... Uh, many elements of batman uh it, it's it, you know we still see you know plenty of canada mentioned uh certain certain areas that are reminiscent of caves that a bat might hang in and uh you know weapon x everybody's everybody's favorite clandestine mutant experimentation program i mean if it's not weapon x it can't be trusted kids Hell, if it is Weapon X, it can't be trusted. So we got that going for us, which is nice. <laughs> so yeah, pull up the comic here. Yeah, pull it up. Put, do, yeah. Do thing. So uh, so the actual synopsis. Uh, I'll I'll do a quick rundown of this. So uh, through a glass darkly is the name of the issue. And actually, let me just hide this here. So after tracking down hyena to the Gotham printing press. Darklaw attempts to subdue his hated foe, but before the battle can be won, several of Hyena's goons manage to disrupt the battle, allowing their boss to escape and Darklaw being rescued by sidekick Sparrow. The duo fly home planning their next move. Meanwhile, Carol Danvers, aka the Huntress, 
breaks into Logan's loft, tracking down leads Creed H. Quinn, the hyena, as she snoops. Uh, yeah, <laughs> as she snoops through the loft, she comes across the greatest secret of all, the costumes of the Dark Claw, and thus his true identity. Before she can leave, Dark Claw enters through the passageway behind the closet and pins the huntress to the ground. Undecided what to do with the intruder, the two begin to talk, and soon Darklaw shares his secrets, as, you know, Bruce Wayne would, would naturally do. So he is indeed Logan, a byproduct of an experiment that he and three others volunteered for. One of the others was his one-time friend, Creed H. Quinn. Darklaw shows her the barrow, burrow, barrow, burrow, barrow, uh, barrow. Uh, I thought it was burrow, because, you know, Wolverines. Anyway, <laughs> uh, his, his lair for the center of his war on crime. This decision doesn't sit well with the Sparrow at first, but soon the three begin looking for clues. Hyena must have set back at the Gotham Gazette. Uh, they discover two clues, AF1, meaning Air Force One, and NACN for sodium cyanide, a deadly poison. The three head immediately to Air Force One, as you do, and arrive just in time as Hyena makes his move. With the gas filling the plane, Dark Claw corners his foe and cuts the hole in the plane. Jettison Hyena, Dark Claw, and the gas. Dark, Dark Claw and the, the gas. It sounds like a fucking college garage band. <laughs> now, interesting thing about this, um, as far as I know, you are not permitted to draw pictures of the sitting or the standing president, you know, in um, in media like this, if they're put in any danger or anything else like that. Like, I don't know if that's something that has changed since this time, but they actually have a picture in here of Bill Clinton. So and it's 1996. Oh, yeah, I noticed that. Let me uh, let me pop that page. Like looking for it now. He's like, huh, I'm in danger. <laughs> yep, there he is. Yep, there he is. And it's it's so clear. Oh, yeah. It's okay. And... Dark Claw will save me. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Logan. Oh, you won't. <laughs> Let me help you out. I have my sacks. <laughs> <laughs> you like Night Court? Boom. <laughs> Who doesn't? Oh my god, we cannot turn this into another night court episode. Yeah, no, we won't. We won't. We won't. Sorry. Sorry. Oh man. Yeah, we tend to do that. <laughs> Sorry. Another yeah. uh, cool thing about this I wanted to mention is that this is the Carol Danvers I'm always talking about, the Carol Danvers that I love. Not the one from, you know, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You know, this is the super spy who's, you know, she she's clearly like a mix of her and Catwoman or or Huntress or wh whomever you know that that they want her to be uh, in this story, but you know she's doing this investigative stuff. She's a badass in her own right, and that's that's kind of like the stuff that you don't normally get to see outside of like just the Marvel Comics universe. And this is like when she came out of that coma in in the the nineties that she had been in since since like the early eighties. That's when Carol Danvers was at her her biggest badass because she didn't have her powers. You know, and she was just like, all right, I'm going to be like this awesome super spy Navy captain or Air Force captain and go just go crack some heads with my my pal Logan. And it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. 
Yes, indeed. I actually, I thought there was um, a little bit of, you know, Carol Danvers slash Miss Marvel. Obviously, uh, Huntress, uh, you know, I guess you could say at this point, uh, Helena Bertolini, was that her name? Yeah, Bertinelli. Um, Bertinelli, sorry. Uh, but also, um, maybe just a, a, a touch of, of Hawkeye. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Considering he was also, uh, you know, a, a, a villain turned spy uh, in the comics over the years. And his whole thing is, uh, you know, bow and arrow as well. Not to mention a similar color scheme to what we're seeing portrayed. You know, obviously it, it slides right into what Huntress does. But, mm-hmm. you know, th- there's there's enough there to, to say like, oh, you know, my pro- you could you could say like there's just a, a smattering of Clint. I agree, especially with the costume. Yeah, so I'm saying, like, I, 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 I was actually kind of surprised, but you know, you there's a the sky sled. <laughs> oh, if only, right? What's she <laughs> hanging from? You know, <laughs> pure yeah. willpower. Yeah. I gotta kick that. He's also an artist, and yeah, that uh, is so <laughs> arbitrary. You know, it's like. He's not hiding it well. Is is no? Uh, I know. Not, yeah. he, I I thought the same thing. I'm like, uh, so his art is just a bunch of slashes on canvas. Uh, how has no one put together that this dude is Dark Claw? I I don't get it. It it doesn't seem like he cares if people put it together by you know just what what he does when she uncovers his secret. You know, he's it's like, oh, it's not even a false wall in the closet. She just opened the closet with like, you know, a louvered French doors. I know, right? (laughs) It may as well have been the linen closet. (laughs) It's like, oh, yeah. Can you get me uh, some toilet paper? It's right there underneath my secret identity. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shoot. I forgot to put I forgot to put towels in the bathroom. Can you grab me one? Uh, Are they right next to all of your dark cloth suits? Oh, shoot. Not that closet. Well, I guess I have to kill you now. Not to brag, <laughs> but yeah. Well, and he has that uh, not not secret cave, but not a bat cave, but the barrow. Mm-hmm. Like, like, why wouldn't they be in there? Exactly. You know, it's what you're saying makes sense, but they this story moves at you like have some kind pace. of conversation starter if he has people over. Mm-hmm. And it, it does. It moves at a lightning pace, and and it. It moves based on where everything needs to be to move the story along, so that's like like Hama is is taking like wasting no time. Yeah, I mean this is this is like the one shot at this point in time for for this character to to do anything. So might as well just get into the nitty gritty of it. Yeah, and there's uh, there's that picture of hyena who is the combination of the Joker and uh, Victor Creed, aka Sabretooth. And uh, just awesome. <laughs> Creed Harley Quinn. Creed H. Quinn. That's he's Hyena's real name. Frightening. You know, he's got like those those sharpened teeth and, you know, this huge body with like a green fur on his back. And he's got the uh, like kind of like those uh, feral mutton chops. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's harrowing. Uh, say the least bit. And. You know, it's like to to combine the psychosis of the Joker with everything else of Sabretooth. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's that's insane. That's like that's like fucking putting arsenic on a razor blade. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of overkill, maybe. <laughs> 
Man, that's such a cool splash page. And I, I think I remember that being um, one of the cards that they had from the uh, the Amalgam cards that they took this picture. Possibly. I, You know what? I have my Amalgam cards in the other room. I didn't even like crack them open to, to look at anything either. I should have. But um, one, one thing we didn't mention about this is the costume that's different for Dark Claw. Normally, um, you'd have a Batman costume. It'd be all black or it'd be blue with gray accents or black with with different color accents his is black but it has the uh feral claw marks like leo said very similar to his paintings you know and those are in yellow and his face is the wolverine mask but the uh the dark parts um not the yellow part that's in the center are basically like bats in a skull kind of mixed together it is so gothic it's like it's just crazy. It's like you'd see this at Hot Topic or something in like a ring or something like that. It's it's nuts. Or or it would be like a Party City Batman mask. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, they kind of you know. Yeah. Look, kids, it's technically a Batman. So yeah, it's you know, a generic one. You know, have fun. Go go trick or treat, and here's your pillowcase. And the uh, the claws are shaped differently too. They have like notches cut out of them, so they look like the ends of batarangs. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, I have no idea how that works inside his arms, but um, painfully. I, I would. Yeah. I, all I can think of is because they're they're more hooked than uh, than normally. So. Oh yeah, it must be a it must hurt like hell coming back in. Yeah, it's it's cool. In in um in Wolverine seventy five was when uh right after he had had the adamantium ripped out of him and um you know he was talking about it and uh he discovered that he had the bone claws and they're like does it hurt and he goes each and every time you know and it's like he's like but you got to keep the the uh the holes open like a pierced ear by just popping them every once in a while and every time he'd pop them it'd be like this gout of blood that would come out oh. it's like oh thank you adam kubert <laughs> you know? yum and uh, what do we think of the Sparrow? I hate Jubilee, so make of that <laughs> what you will. This Sparrow is exactly Jubilee, like yeah. spot on. Um, and, and I get that he says he hates Jubilee. Jubilee runs a uh, runs like a fine line sometimes being really irritating. Um, she's a smart character, always a really smart, brilliant character, you know, depending on, on um, what she's been doing. She's an excellent foil for Wolverine, but she's always super possessive of him. And it's always kind of like, what, what, why? And it's like, you never really know what her motivations are. Like, she just wants to be like her and him are the only two that can like solve a crime or, or take down a villain or something else like that. So when you get that and you know that about Jubilee, then you can kind of see it. And I do like the part at the bottom where she figured out what the password is. And then he like punches her on the shoulder and, you know, she gets that sort of valediction. <laughs> it's like, all right. She's like, no, thanks. thanks she's totally just like, like, she's not really Robin. She's Jubilee. Oh, yeah. Sparrow. <laughs> oh, you guys. Oh, Marvel and DC. You cheeky buggers, you. <laughs> Yeah, but Carol's cool. She's a she looks great in this costume, and and I mean it's it's kind of exactly a a huntress costume. I mean, if she had like those big Wolverine things on her that uh, Jim Lee put on her, she probably would have looked cooler like next to him. But you know, I guess they hadn't gotten to that point yet. Hey, uh, by the way, have you noticed that this uh, this character is not like uh, five foot five Wolverine? Oh, he's taller. Yeah. Well, I, I noticed that he doesn't have a super lot 
in um in common with with bruce wayne like they don't they don't give him the last name wayne or anything else like that because they keep that kind of separate so it's kind of it's kind of interesting so it's like he has aspects of that so name is logan logan yeah well uh according to the dc database it is uh logan wayne because they make reference to logan wayne's parents oh yeah okay Oh yeah, Cuban B. Would you look at that, Logan Wayne? Well, okay. I figured it would have to be, but I I didn't remember seeing that in here. You know, I just thought that I'm like, all right, so you know, he did some stuff, and then he became a painter and became independently wealthy. Doesn't seem like he was getting it from his folks. No, definitely not. Yeah, I mean, really, the only reference is a couple pictures, right? Pretty much. Are they your parents? Yeah. No, the the picture came with the frame. I, I just <laughs> didn't want to get rid of it. I, I love it because I could just imagine someone walking in going, B. Arthur, outstanding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wonderful. Nothing yeah. beats a good Airheads reference, right? But um, also... <laughs> no, I'll never be able to get any of that shit. <laughs> There's not really um, an Alfred or anything else like that either, you know? Oh, yeah, no. What's that? Say that again? There, uh, there's no Alfred. Yeah. Yeah, so the uh, the only characters, um, according to the DC database, we have Darkclaw, Sparrow, Huntress, Hyena, uh, Carter, Nichols, and Flashback only, Cornelius, Logan Wayne's parents, in Photograph only. And then this takes place in New Gotham City, the artsy, trendy section of Gotham. Gotham International Airport. And the vehicles are Air Force One, the Claw Copter. Claw Copter. Claw Copter. (laughs) Yeah, Claw Copter. And the uh, Shield Helicarrier. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's super, super basic. It's, It's like I've been saying about these Amalgam ones. They're high concept, rule of cool. It looks mm-hmm. cool, therefore it must be, you know, good. But it's super basic. It's it's basically a very short story that moves along very quickly, and it's supposed to be guided by how cool everything looks and and all that. So it's, you know, classic '90s book. Yeah, the I novelty just, of such a thing. I just love this concept. It it just tickled me so much. You know, I'm just like, oh man, if you could mix like my two favorite things, that'd be great. You know, I mean, they kind of did, right? Wolverine and Batman. Yeah. Just get some Ninja Turtles in there, and you're fucking golden. Yeah, seriously, right? You know, but I'm like, that's kind of like a mask helicopter. You know, so it's like, uh, oh yeah, bad guy from Mask. You know, it's like it kind of looks like his helicopter. I I got a uh, Airwolf feel from it. Yeah, yeah. Great theme song there. Brought to you in part by Donald P. Belisario. <laughs> yeah, that's a hard name to forget. Actually, it really is. Yeah. Um, also, I mean, his his well now ex wife Deborah Pratt was on that, and she ended up creating Quantum Leap with Donald P. Belisario. She actually was in the writers' room for a lot of that show, and uh, she's one of the executive producers of the new one on NBC, and is is sitting in on the writers' room too. Oh, that's great. She, she was the voice of Ziggy in the, in the show as well. The, the I remember you told me that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. With each hopes that each leap will be the leap home. That's that's Deborah Pratt, and all of her big foreheaded awesomeness. 
she's a she's a lovely looking woman, but her forehead is fucking gigantic. I mean, right? It's like it's a five head, <laughs> bordering on a six head. He's like he's like that's a handsome woman, like Glenn Close. <laughs> You're a handsome woman. <laughs> Has anyone ever told you how handsome you are? <laughs> I, I do love at the end, like the uh, last page, we get the uh, the Jay and Silent Bob, uh, Blunt Man and Chronic. Oh, yeah. Silent yeah. Bob. I do yeah. love that. You know, cause... Th- thanks for digitizing it, Silent Bob. Yeah. <laughs> Sil, you know, Sil, Sil, Sil 3-inch Bob. <laughs> it, it you see, like, they've actually got the marijuana leaf there, and I can't remember the last time, or, or actually this would probably be the first time in, in a DC or Marvel comic book that you see that. You know, it's yeah, it's so subversive that they threw that in there. Well, I mean, that's just that's just the person who who, who digitized, digitized this. Yeah. This has nothing to do with the amalgam. Like, oh, it's not on the back of the. Yeah, book. no, this is this is a, a the person who put it up on on the onlines. Oh, okay. Well, that makes yeah, sense. yeah. So yeah, that's I, not, I have that's not one. part of the story. Disregard that, listener. Yeah, I, I have that one um, in this uh, collection, the uh, the first amalgam age of comics, and it yeah, it doesn't show in here. So I was like, oh man, where like what the heck? You know? Oh, nuts. <laughs> that yeah. was cool. <laughs> So uh, we we mentioned the story was was kind of short and the characters limited, uh, very unlike the Dark Claw Adventures, which name every character under the book. Oh yeah, were we supposed to read that? Because I only read this one. No, uh, but I read it just in case. Oh okay, well just don't fucking talk about it, pal. <laughs> that's a different thing altogether. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, like. Yeah, so uh, this week we're going to read uh, Superman Cal, but, uh, you know, just in case, I also read the entire Death and Return of Superman, if you want to talk about that. What? I mean, <laughs> I get that they have the same character in them, but no. <laughs> Not at all. I'm glad that they decided in some way, shape, or form to continue this, because we, we had talked about that before, how, you know, they got a second run, and I didn't know about the Super Soldier and the Spider-Boy, but... um you know, that, that there was just that little bit extra where they're like, okay, we could put this in Dark Claw Adventures. And I, I love that because I, I think he's one of the coolest concepts. And it's just, it like, if you look at this, like, I'm, I'm not going to say it's it's genius writing because I've I've seen better Larry Hama stories. And I mean, like, his his run on G.I. Joe was amazing. He did he did write um, Wolverine, you know, um, for Wolverine 50 and all that. And mm-hmm, it's... Yes. It is what it is. I mean, everybody that I know who's collecting comics in that era had the issue 50 yellow die cut cover with the slashes. The slashes. Out of it. Yeah, even you I know, fucking so, had that. Yeah, that was that was Larry Hama. So it's like it looks like a file folder with this secret info in it. And he's he's uh, also, you know, one half of the creator of Bucky O'Hare, you know, so um, him and oh, Neil Adams signed me up. Yeah. I don't remember shit about Bucky O'Hare. I just oh, seriously? Kind of, okay. I vaguely remember Bucky, Captain Bucky O'Hare. That's it. That's he all goes I... where no ordinary rabbit nope, would dare. No, no, no. We've reached the limit. I <laughs> literally don't know past. No, I've expanded your your consciousness with that. So I'll have to. I'll look. I'll look up the theme song when we're done recording tonight. I'll be like, Ah, uh, yes, that's the show that was on when I was younger. They made uh, it excellent. Way better than it probably even should have been. Um, NES game for that. Really? So, yeah, Bucky O'Hare, the the NES game, outstanding, so good. It was um, it was it was uh, probably one of the the later versions before like Super Nintendo came out because it's like really? the graphics and and like the gameplay and all that are like this is killer. 
So yeah, the same way like... about Tiny Toon Adventures Buster Bust Loose. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a good game too, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it is like surprisingly good. It shouldn't be that good, but god damn it, it is. There was like a series of rabbit-based games for a little while. Because yeah. you had uh you had Bucky O'Hare, you had uh Jazzy Jack Rabbit. Yo the Noid. Yeah. The Noid. <laughs> <laughs> Reader Rabbit on the Tandy 1000. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> really jumped on the Wayback Machine on that. See, kids, a Tandy 1000. <laughs> uh, I, I do have to say, because this is stuck in my mind, but I totally em- embarrassed myself with Larry Hama. Oh, you, uh, you did? I did, yeah. Oh my! We gotta God. hear this story. Uh, so it was—I I can't remember the question I asked, but we had a uh, indie guest on uh, the Dorkening a long, long time ago, and he worked with Larry Hama on his project. So uh, shortly after, we went to a panel, and Larry Hama was there, and uh, I, I had the urge of, "Hey, I'm gonna stay on brand. I'm gonna ask him about this indie movie." And he was basically like, why the, f-? he didn't say it like this, but essentially like, why the fuck are you asking me that at a comic con? You know, mm-hmm. uh, what are you fucking stupid? Yeah. Hey, 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 Miss, hey, Mr. Hama, I'm the one asking the questions here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it's pretty much like when, when you see him, like, the GI Joe crew is all around him. There's people up there. They're like, can you draw snake eyes? Can you draw this? Can you, draw, you know, cause he, he's an artist too, you know? And, um, you know, and then later he, he had a uh, transition to writing with GI Joe. He's the guy that wrote like all the backstories and all that for whatever was on the, the toy package. And um, then later he would do like the special missions issues and things like that for Marvel, you know? And, and that's the thing. He was, he was a huge deal in the world of like GI Joe. So, you know, Tunnel Rat was based on him, you know, that that particular character. So, you know, you can um, literally make up G.I. Joe characters right now. I'd be like, oh, OK, like, I don't know. I, I, I used to. I just don't anymore. I just, you know, I, I, I had a I had a, a friend die very young who was very into G.I. Joe. And that's what we did together. And uh, shortly after he passed away, uh, I didn't like watching G.I. Joe or playing with them anymore because it reminded me of my friend. Yeah, I totally and understand all of my knowledge of it, which I mean, you think about me and how I just soak up everything like a sponge. Uh, there's clearly, you know, my brain was like, yeah, painful. and that's that I and like I've watched the new movies that came out the live action pieces of shit um I will say I will give them this in retaliation when they fucking destroyed London and spoiler alert if you haven't seen fucking GI Joe retaliation I guess it's 16 years old <laughs> yeah it's but like... when I but when I saw that I saw it in the theater and when they actually like shot those fucking rods down and destroyed all of London I was like Oh shit. All right. Well, like for real, nobody can say that Cobra is no one to fuck with in the in this movie series. I will give them that. You know, and once they got past like the crap of the Rise of Cobra, Retaliation actually wasn't like half bad. You didn't have any of those cheesy ass super suits and you know, you didn't have to worry about Dex becoming Cobra Commander and shit by the end of it. They kind of were able to just jump into the nitty-gritty of things. Be like, "Listen, you 
you might have seen the first movie. This is what it is. And, you know, they went from that point on. Uh, I, I, I really like wanted to give him a pat on the back. Like, listen, you, you set out to make these guys look like straight up, like the worst terrorists on the face of the planet. And I believe it. <laughs> like I 100% believe that if Cobra commander shows up on my television screen, just like everybody else is across the nation's like, listen to me. I'm like, <laughs> I will fucking be paying rapt attention, sir. And, and is most importantly, need? Brendan Fraser playing the Sergeant Slaughter character. You know, <laughs> yes, I mean, that was very cool. Yeah. So. Well, wasn't that the first movie, though? Yeah, that was the first one. Yeah, yeah, because Steven Summers directed it and he did the the mummy movies. And and uh, the, the second one had uh, Bruce Willis in it as the original G.I. Joe with the Kung Fu grip and all that. Yeah, so. I thought that was very cool. And uh, um, yeah, I, 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 I like that one because it has uh, was it Adrian uh, Paladecki? From um, Padalecki, yeah, Pad- Padalecki. That's how you say it, right? Yeah, yeah. from uh, the Orville. I think she's great. <laughs> yeah, she actually was really good in it. And um, I actually had to have to say, like, uh, I can't, I can't remember if she was in both. I think she was uh, Sierra Miller, Sienna Miller. Yes, as, as the, the Baroness. Baroness. Yep, she did great in those movies, like for real. And you would never guess that she was like the same person who she is outside of those movies. Uh, seeing her play that role it was it was impressive like also too just like kind of lending a little bit of credence to that old timey comic book trope but like she had dark hair and glasses and she looked like a completely different fucking person <laughs> yeah just real saying. Clark Kent makeup <laughs> yeah just saying i'm not saying anything i'm just saying so so brandon you guys just had uh writer eric burnham on splash pages the other night um did gi joe comics come up at all because he uh was writer for the saturday morning adventures gi joe comics no they did not uh i was not aware of that and i'm honestly glad it didn't come up because i would have had fuck all to say (laughs) no that's fair so um i like i mean i have no problem sitting back and letting other people converse and ask questions of course uh but you know i i I was able to jump in there and ask him about uh army of darkness versus reanimator oh nice Uh, yeah for dynamite comics yeah especially because he he just did that like that came out 2023 uh so it was very recent and uh he actually kind of lit up a little bit when i brought it up uh and i posed it to him in a fun way i said so i have to know between the two army of darkness or reanimator and uh eric burnham is an army of darkness guy he he gravitates more he's towards in, that he's in the club that's good yeah i was you know in because the the book he did was uh army of darkness uh versus reanimator necronomicon rising and uh you know there is like a little bit of a tangential thread between the two because you know necronomicon in evil dead you know how they always do necronomicon next mortis roughly translated book of the dead which is very roughly translated because necronomicon does not mean fucking book (laughs) but (laughs) ex mortis does mean of the dead so like it's necronomicon of the dead if you really wanted to translate it i always Uh, hear that in willie's voice mortis you die. <laughs> Good old season five. Uh, Don't go reading my mind between four and five. That's Willie's time. <laughs> That's Willie's time. 
but, uh, <laughs> but uh yeah he um but between the two you know necronomicon used in evil dead and of course it's the the uh, book of ill repute in uh quite a bit of lovecraftian lore uh so it, it you know it, it makes sense to kind of mishmash those up and it's not the first time it's been done i mean it's just the latest iteration of of that happening uh but yeah it, it that those those are always very fun because reanimator by Stuart gordon the movie which is usually the basis for how the characters are portrayed in a lot of these uh dynamite comics and what have you um it's it's very much a horror comedy uh it's very tongue-in-cheek and it's a bit more subtle with the humor than than like army of darkness is that's very much uh inspired by sam raimi and bruce campbell's love of uh like harryhausen and three stooges so you know there's there's a a lot of shtick that occurs i do do want to check that that out that series so is, is that series collected in a trade paperback yet do you know i do not believe it is yet I don't I'll, believe I'll it is. keep an eye out for it. So yeah, maybe I'll, I'll bug Eric and see if he knows where it is, you know? Um, yeah. But I, I had a question for you guys because I have kind of a thought on this. Say mm-hmm. we're going to do this now. We're going to go back in time, you know, in, instead of uh, 1996, we're going to f- fast forward and dark claw is going to be made today. Who do you think is the uh, creative team that you would choose to make this comic? Uh I, I have an answer, and I think Brandon's going to hate it. So, <laughs> oh, wonderful! <laughs> Those are always fun. <laughs> Which is is uh, like a, a total dork night trope, but uh, wonderful. Yeah, I, I mean, on, we are on, uh, on the dork night. It does yeah. track. <laughs> um, Tom King and uh, Lee Bermijo. Damn, man, that's that's super intense. I think that. Wow, I, I like that answer too. Uh, how about you, Brandon? Do you have a uh, idea of who, what creative team you you choose uh, from a from current stable? Ugh. Yeah, yeah. Well, it could be could be anything. I mean, you could tell me that you know you know what I really wish it was Tim Sale and or, or uh, you know and uh, uh, Jeff Loeb. You could say that. So, um, give me That's one second and I and I'll tell you. Give me one second and I'll fucking yeah. Tell no, you. no worries. Let's see, um. And that's the bracelet that they're talking about there, right? The grounding bracelet, uh, Leo? Yes, right there in his wrist thingy. That's why it's got that loop on it? Okay. Let's see here. Images. Give me the images. Oh, that's terrible. It bent. (laughs) That is awful. All right. Well, I want to say that I... I, I don't I don't I don't keep up on some of this shit that's happening nowadays. <laughs> I really don't. Uh, who who did this one? Let me let me visit it because I, I have I have a very particular idea. Um, all right. Oh, you're the fucking cover artist. You're not helping me, dude. Jesus, Mary and Joseph, give me some interior art. It's not fucking good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm like looking at it, I'm like, oh, this would be really good. And it's like, oh, it's Lionel U. Of fucking course it is. That's why it looks amazing. Yeah, yeah, it really is. And I mean, like his Wolverine stuff back in the day was outstanding. <laughs> yeah, it, that's like, but like I'm looking I'm like, oh, here you go. Because 
what I'm thinking is, you know, I don't know who I don't read Wolverine, so I'm not I'm not like I know who Tom King and Scott Snyder and shit are. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it, I'm I'm more of a DC kid than than a Marvel kid, but that doesn't mean I don't have appreciation on both sides of the fence. Uh, I just feel like if you were gonna do this nowadays, it would be it would be great to have actually have like a Marvel artist and potentially a Marvel writer do it. I'd be more interested to see how they approach this Wolverine that actually is, is very Batman infused um, rather than see the Batman side of things taken care of with people who are more familiar with Batman. I think, I think Wolverine in this world, in this persona is more interesting than Batman trying to fit the mold of Wolverine, if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah, it it does, uh, because that's why it's Logan and it's not Bruce. So I, yeah. I totally I totally get that concept. Yeah, I, I just I just feel like like uh, you know Wolverine like I, I don't know who's doing the shit now. Uh Jim Zub. I don't know he's the <laughs> um in in uh in 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 Jeff Shaw as as artist. I don't fucking know. Did you guys have Jim Zub on, on splash pages? I don't think so. No. Okay. All right. Um, <laughs> my my answer was going to be Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo because it's I fucking knew you Gonzo. were going to say Scott yeah, Snyder and, and Greg Capullo. I knew it. I Gonzo knew stuff, it. Easter eggs everywhere, crazy. <laughs> you know, it's 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 nuts enough where those guys could like sink. You their know teeth what? Here, here you go. Here, this is this is this is what I'll do. I'll I'll amalgamate it all together. Have Scott Snyder write it and have Lionel you draw it. I don't hate that either. I mean, that's amazing. Yeah, that that is probably going to give you your best story and visual bang for the buck. You know, just yeah. and I think it's a it's a good meshing of sensibilities and and backgrounds because they've both been so mired on on each side of what it is they do that uh, to see that that convergence would be probably it would probably cause like palpable uh fireworks for for the story of play like if you could do like a a decent like three-parter you know 50 pages out of whack boom yeah that that would be intense i mean still like 50 pages that's that's two books so you know that 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 would be essentially what like a six issue yeah comic so it's like i'm with you yeah and you know like there's that you could give you a little bit of elbow room to move around and explore some of the the deeper stuff and and not have to go uh, as necessarily you know flashbang hard as this does like right out of the gate. You can, exactly. Yeah. You can have like, a, a little bit more slow burn. Sink your teeth in a little bit. Find out who they are. Like because we don't know we don't know Jack about Logan. We don't we don't yeah. know. Like they're like, oh, this is exposition about him. Well, what's his personality like? We we don't really know. We don't even really see him as Logan in this book. You do in the yeah. Legend of in the uh, Adventures. You see him. I but... mean, I would I would love to see I would love to see the like here here you go here's here's what it is your your three parter right your your three parter fifty page each book costs like five ninety nine an issue right. Uh, Scott Snyder writes it. Lionel Yu draws it. And uh, you, you get Alex Ross to do the cover. Oh, damn. Nice. 
All right. And it's the, um, it's the, let me, how do I put this? The, how, basically it would come to sort of the same thing as like, you know, Dark Knight Detective, like, okay, he gets wind of, of some kind of, uh, criminal underworld entity and you know league of assassins type deal but you can do it like the the league of the hand you know and so you still have like your your marvel ninjas with your your dc clandestine shit uh but mix rachel ghoul and apocalypse that's literally right out of my mouth i saw you go in there so rachel apocalypse oh man that's that's the first and Saba head. Yeah, like... it, it, yeah. You know, like, uh, it, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and, and Saba ghoul. Yeah. You know, something like that. Racial apocalypse, otherwise known as Ensaba ghoul. <laughs> Gabba ghoul. Yeah. He's a spicy meat. <laughs> and, uh, with, especially like being nowadays, imagine how you play with, um, the idea of like, uh oh what's her name um Harley oh, Quinn or no no uh Yumiko was that who was his wife in Japan oh uh Mariko Mariko yep. uh Mariko and Talia oh yeah there you go and and like you work in like a whole like the fucking right hand of racial apocalypse is the silver samurai yeah and you know it basically play out that whole thing and like uh mariko and talia is like one person and you could still end up having like a whole reveal of like a damien type character towards the end and like still leaving on that fun cliffhanger like they do with all the amalgam comics oh man and i was just thinking there's there's some crazy characters in like wolverine's past and all that like like uh, one is called Cyber. You remember that guy? Oh my god! The adamantium yeah. skin. So I would mix him with Bane. Bane. Oh, would that <laughs> yeah. be crazy or what? Yeah, absolutely. Literally, um, we're on the same wavelength. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I feel. I feel this. This creative juices. So it's yeah, like, this, listeners, it, I, I hope you're just like picturing this in your head. How insanely sick that would be. Like Bane with unbreakable skin. You know, come on. Like I like I'm trying to think about how how. He would have like an an open port, mm-hmm. like automatically, like always attached to his like his like spinal cord or spinal fluid, so he can just always like inject fresh venom in or whatever. Oh yeah, and, like, yeah. You can even play with the idea of venom in both like the the toxic sense with with the steroid and venom in Marvel. Yeah. Like, how does that play out? Like, and, and you know what? Maybe that's a better vi- Maybe that's a better mix of mixing, you know, Bane and Venom together. So maybe, maybe he, maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe he actually uses like some weird distilled form of a symbiote that's known as Venom to juice up. And that's it cool. Gives him some uh, some Venom like qualities. He gets much larger, and he, you know, he's a lot more violent. He snarls, and maybe is you know has like a little bit of a, you know drooly long tongue thing happening like i could 
I could dig all of that. <laughs> I have yeah, no I'm, problems with any I'm, of it. I'm with it, man. And and I, I want to find like a cool way to mix like the juggernaut in and, and like maybe I'd mix him with like Solomon Grundy or something crazy. It'd be like, what? Why would you do that? It's like, oh, he's this undead juggernaut that just keeps going forward oh, until God. you stop him. You're like, what? Why did those two things collide? Well, because we wanted to. <laughs> yeah, right. So yeah, hey, maybe we should write it's, this. <laughs> it's tricky. It's tricky though because like you say certain things like that too, and I'm like, oh, but like Solomon Grundy, if I were to combine him with anybody from Marvel, it would be the Incredible Hulk. Yeah, I mean, he is kind of like the proto Hulk, you know. Um, yeah, but maybe that's too easy. Maybe that's like, yeah, maybe that's the the easy way, and you know, we want it. We want to do the challenging. Oh, that that came out of left field kind of thing. Uh, but I mean. Even even still, it'd be, it'd, be funny. Marco. <laughs> it'd be funny if you combined like the Juggernaut with like the Flash. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, yeah, that that would be interesting to say the least. Uh, you know, he's unstoppable. Oh, and you better get out of his fucking way. <laughs> yeah, you'd call him the Wrecking Ball or something. Or, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah like, exactly. You know, yeah, yeah, I, I dig it. You know. Yeah, and, but... and, and I mean, in the last one we read, they had Puck from Alpha Flight mixed with Oberon. And I'm like, oh, my God, what do they do? Just pick down the, the small short guys there. You well, know? here's the thing. Like, if if you were to do like, you know, Dark Claw, I mean, he's going to he's going to come across other people from different corners as mm-hmm. he's like tracking down like Rachel Apocalypse. All right. And with that being the case, like. I think it would be sooner rather than later that he's going to end up like having to have some kind of palaver with Dr. Strange fate. Mm-hmm. And that right there is just going to like, th- there's so much possibility because you have a conglomeration of three different characters right there. And who knows what he's going to tell Logan Wayne that he needs to do in order to like get to where he's trying to go. Um, and so that there. There's a lot of stuff there. I mean, I I honestly would foresee him, uh, especially with like the League of the Hand. Uh, I would love to see him, you know, like bump into assassins. Oh know, yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. You know that like all that shit. You know, it, there's 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 a lot of stuff you could do with like uh you know a a long format three issue thing like that and revisit. You would just have to. You know, with certain things, you'd have to look at who did what, so that way it stays within the confines of yeah. each company that owns each character. And, so, and there's so much more that you can draw from now too. It's like, like at this time, like Omega Red was a year old, you know, or or maybe like two years old. Now it's like, oh, well, he's had 25 years of continuity to grow. Yeah. So it's like you could do something different with him. You know, um, or, or I don't know who, like Dokken, who's Wolverine's son, you know, um, or even like Laura, um, you know, like now you could do Laura Kinney. You, you, I could even posit this. It's like, okay, that's Cassandra Kane is Laura Kinney, you know, and that would be crazy. Like there's, or, there's so much that you could do with it. Or you, you go the Damien route. Oh, uh, Wolverine's current uh, daughter. With Damien, doesn't he have a daughter now in the, in the comics? Like current, Laura. he had. Um, well, is Laura's is Laura's a clone, but she's kind of like his daughter. Okay. So, and um, and I mean, for the record, she's kind of like 
she's like the best Wolverine. Like just like she gets the she gets the job done. I'm I'm just saying, like in in terms of stuff. Yeah, I, yeah. I think I think right there is your is your Damien thing. Yeah, for sure. Like so, you 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 can definitely have it be like a she's a combination of like the Mariko Talia characters dna and logan and it's mostly genetically engineered and she's the one that like gave up an ovum to to grow the thing uh and yeah and 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 not just with damien you know in in x23 but like you said a little bit of cassandra kane yeah in because it doesn't have to just be two people it can be several like you could name her cassandra and you know go from there and and she could go by orphan, you know. I mean, like, yeah, it could be, it, or it could be, you know, they give her like that full, really sleek, um, Batgirl mask. That thing was awesome. Yeah. You know? and so I, I mean, there's... they made a figure of that. She was so cool looking. Oh yeah, Cassandra Kane, orphan. Like she's she's one of the best characters I've seen come out of that entire like mythos and forever in a day. I um. I know you were just talking about uh, PS5 games and all that. Have you considered Gotham Knights at all? I've I've never played the game. I know our buddy um, Old Man Wade was playing it. He said it was pretty fun. I honestly haven't considered anything yet. I haven't like looked at a fucking thing. So yeah, I'm I'm just kind of starting from zero here. Yeah, I, I've, I, I've not played it. Have you played it, Leo? No, I I haven't heard too good things about it um, oh then maybe maybe not yeah. Yeah. but he has her but he has heard three good things yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh no but if you're looking for a comic book based game i'd highly recommend um spider-man get the the ps5 edition uh I mean, you... the ps5 version of the game that i already have for ps4 yeah, hard or, pass or, or just... miles. Uh, well, <laughs> oh yeah, that's yeah. Miles. I started playing the miles game. That was pretty good. I I had fun playing the Avengers game, guys. You know, it's like I'm like, all right, I it's not going to win any awards, but I enjoyed it. You know, yeah. the Kamala Khan stuff is fantastic. I can't wait to check out. Um, you know, Suicide Squad kills the Justice League. Yeah, yeah I'm sure it's going to be good. Yeah, I I think that looks like you know it'd be it'd be an interesting game to say to say the least. Um, um, yeah, I don't even know. I don't even know where to fucking start right now. <laughs> Injustice Two. Did you play Horizon Forbidden Dawn? Or uh, not? For, and I mixed the two titles. Horizon Forbidden West is the new one. Uh, Horizon no. Zero Dawn was the original. No, I have not. Uh, easily one of the best games for PlayStation. Cool. Yeah. I mean, guys, I I. I got the new TV and I hooked everything back up. I got a brand new system selector and everything like made everything so much easier than how I had it before. And, uh, you know, I got my PS five set up. I don't have any games, although I, I, I mean, I had it, I purchased it online. So I downloaded shredders revenge and the first couple of levels of that on PS five. And I was like, yeah, all right. Maybe you know, like, there was a lot of fun, but at the same time, like maybe this isn't, the best game to check the awesome power of the PS five disagree, sir. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's very, it's very, no, you're, you're right. You're, you are correct. I mean, of the, uh, of the time that it is, it is attempting to emulate. I, uh, I would, I would recommend resident evil four, but it's, it's, um, 
it's a cruel like mistress. Games. Yeah, like it's it is it does games. scare you at certain times, like hundred <laughs> percent. Um, and I'm, I'm saying that as somebody play. like I love horror movies and stuff, yeah. but like there's a world of like I get so much more drawn into video games than movies. And on top of that, like I have a tendency to hyper focus and play them late into the night. So if I am down in my parlor, my living room, for those of you who live outside of New England, <laughs> yes. uh, my I'm in my living room and it's like one thirty, two o'clock in the morning and some scary shit happens like everyone in my fucking house is going to know because I will scream like a fucking schoolgirl with a skin knee like I, ah! like it will. It will not be a good scene. And I am uh, not going to disagree with this at all because yeah. <laughs> that, that actually happened here. Yeah, like I got, I got my PS VR for PlayStation Four, and which I did get the adapter for the camera for the PS Five, so I got to actually get that all squared away too. But, um, you know, like I, I got that, and then, and, and a couple people were like, "Oh, you're gonna, you're gonna play like Resident Evil on it?" I'm like, are you out of your fucking mind? <laughs> Oh, like I like I already straight up say all the time, like, yeah, you'll never catch me playing these games, especially because like I will play them and I will play them late into the night. Like, that's the worst part is like I know myself well enough to know like this will happen. But now you're asking if I want to strap a fucking headset on (laughs) with headphones that I can't actually see anything outside of what's in my field of vision because of these goggles I've attached to my skull. That I can't get away from. No, I'm not gonna fucking do that. <laughs> like, there's, there's a. How do I explain that shit right? to my doctor? Like, Brandon, why, why, <laughs> why, why does it seem like you're having heart problems? Oh, let me tell you about a little <laughs> game called Resident Evil <laughs> that I play on PlayStation Virtual Reality. It's a funny story. You'll love the part where I almost died the other night. Not in the game. <laughs> on the floor of my living room. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. Like you're not wrong at all. Yeah. There I I was shaking and crying. Iron Man game, right? What's say that again? They have a Batman VR game and an Iron Man game. And I have both of them. Are, are they any good or yes, I will say this. If you ever play the Iron Man VR game, I understand that we all like to be comfortable. Do not play it in your stocking or bare feet. Play it with shoes on. Okay. Because a lot of it is balancing around and standing still and getting yourself so you can actually fly. And you have to lean slightly. And after a little bit, it would be very easy for you to lose your footing without support as you're doing all that shit yeah i found that out the fucking hard way Hmm. uh you know that whole like curled up on a floor in the living room thing yeah that minus the curled up part just very much like no 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 (laughs) you know my knee my knee my knee oh god (laughs) you know just one of one of those things you know Dara and the fucking dogs come downstairs at one in the morning and they're like, you okay? I'm like, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Just fucking Tony Stark's an asshole. We beat the Mandarin, honey. <laughs> oh, we're we're, we're going to save the world. Oh, did you beat the game? I just fucking finished the training level. Jesus Christ. 
Uh, don't let anybody talk you into Elden Ring. No, is it, is it super hard? <laughs> oh my god, that it, it it's an utterly gorgeous game. Yeah, but it will demolish your soul. I mean, yeah. Like, holy crap! It looks I, great. <laughs> I I spent many hours in it trying to get past like the first like area, and it's like. Yeah, it, it, it's so. So it's as hard as Dark Souls, huh? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. I don't know, man. I was pl- I was playing fucking Odd World Strangers Wrath on Nintendo Switch yesterday. So, like, Nothing that's uh, that. the new Zelda is really good. Oh, is that already out? Yep. Yeah, oh, I think it came shit. out Tuesday or Wednesday, right? Honestly, uh, it's, last week. Yeah. It's been so long since I. I never finished Breath of the Wild, so I actually think I'm going to go in and just like delete my stuff. And because I didn't like make it super far or whatever, but uh, I think probably just best if I delete all my my data and and start from the word go. Uh, I'm I'm certainly not going to buy the second one until I I play through the first one. Yeah, good luck finding it anyway. (laughs) I think you'd have to download it because all the physical copies anywhere in my state are gone. Oh yeah, I don't I don't want to do that. Yeah, they're all yeah. I I never finished the first one, um, but I started playing the second one, and it's uh, I thought it was gonna be a gimmick, like you know, gluing shit together and making stuff, but it's so much fun. (laughs) Getting shit and gluing it together. So so they basically found a way to incorporate Minecraft logic to it. It sounds like kinda. So it's it you'll constantly come across like puzzles or or areas where you need to build stuff in order to get through like all the dungeons are are now you know trying inventive ways on how to make it through. Uh, so like I was doing one dungeon and it was um I had to build a boat, uh, but I only had wood tires and some planks. So it's making um, uh, the wood to make the the boat area, tires on the side, and then attaching the planks to it to make it like uh, paddles. Hmm. Did it work? Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Just looking here, it looks like uh, Gotham Knights only has, it's like a very mid-level review kind of daily thing going on. So I don't know. I mean... The um, I did see demo footage of uh of the Venom game. Venom. That's, oh, I haven't yeah. seen that. But I've, seen, I've seen Midnight Suns, which has gotten a pretty good uh, review. I know that's on PS5, not on PS4, so I wasn't able to get it. But Doctor Strange, Wolverine, your favorite Ghost Rider, uh, mm, Venom, Scarlet he's Witch, the best, and um, I think Blades in it as well. Yeah. So, but oh, um, we we are getting a Venom, uh, not Venom, um, uh, Wolverine game. Oh, really? Yeah, I liked I, I liked the last one, like the way back PS2 Wolverine, um, X2 Wolverine's Revenge. Wow, yeah, that, that was, was crazy. That was actually a pretty good game. It was, yeah. I think Mark Hamill did the voice of Wolverine in that. Did he? Yeah. No shit. No kidding. Yeah, you know, I I do vaguely remember that. Oh yeah, yeah, Wolverine PS5. Uh, it's a PS5 exclusive. Will not be coming to PS4. Yeah. <laughs> it looks uh, it looks pretty good. Uh, we'll, we'll see how that that works. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Because he's where I yeah he's got the flannel on with the hat and like the camera comes up. He's like at the bar, 
shit goes down like you see his claws out while he's on the he's, floor. he's a good video game character it's like you you get a lot of that god of war sort of aspect out of him and um i, th- I think that's kind of where like a lot of those things come from was like those wolverine games and i i remember way back to like wolverine's adamantium rage on like genesis and uh super nintendo and mm. you know i i mean it would have been cool if we got a dark claw game you know they, they could just throw a mod on it or something yeah. but you know <laughs> Oh, if only. Listen, if they put a Dark Claw like DLC on on something like this, you, you, people would lose their ever. Oh, absolutely. Lives. You know, similarly with with Spider Boy or Super Soldier or Doctor Strange Fate or anything like that. You know, it's like yeah, people lose their damn minds. Yeah, I mean, you know, the funny thing is, is everyone keeps talking about you know the movies and how like oh you know we could see we could see this happen in the movies and. You know, I think maybe not, you know, there's yeah, just, there's so. too much to to figure out in that instance, not to mention the fact that Marvel doesn't even own the movie rights to all their characters, you know, Spider-Man. Uh, and, you know, that, that's uh, not really helpful for some of the stuff that is established that they'd want to, they'd want to do. Uh, but it would be really interesting to see uh, if they, came up with like a Marvel versus Capcom type deal. Oh yeah. Where, uh, you know, with, we, we had like Marvel Capcom and, and DC, um, with, uh, another realm, you know, yeah, DC, DC versus Mortal Kombat. That's the yeah. same animation company. You yeah. Know, it's all owned by Warner brothers. Why not? Well, you know, I think, I think if you, if you worked, uh, really well with uh, Sony on that because Sony does own the rights to Spider-Man. That's why they make all the Spider-Man video games. Um, but if you could, if you could figure all that out, uh, that would be awesome because you could really do like the whole story arc type deal with like the universes converging and and dividing and you know what the end goal is and how you get there and you know, which characters you can play as it'll have, be like a fighter and a, and story driven at the same time. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, they do that all the time with like the dragon ball games, you know, where it's like, you know, a little bit of story and like animatics and all that. And then it goes back into the fighting. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I just think, I think that there's a, a lot that can be done there. It's a lot of fun. Uh, and that would probably be better than making like an actual, like, and trying to attempt making movies out of Amalgam Comics or yeah, Marvel agree. versus DC, uh, especially because it's animated, if anything, do oh, it yeah. in that cell shaded animation, you know, it, and yeah, put it out it, there. it's but it's baked right into the idea, like Marvel versus DC, DC versus Marvel. And, you know, when you when you play into that, like it allows people they can play as their favorite DC characters, their favorite Marvel characters. And then like the game gets to a certain point or you you do a sequel game that is amalgam you know like there's a build-up like you could actually make a make yourself uh two or three games or secret or secret characters yeah like like you're saying like injustice maybe like uh an injustice game like marvel capcom with yeah that sort of dynamic yeah, yeah. no I, I dig it dude absolutely i think i think that would be a lot of fun i think people on both sides of of that you know people who are strictly dc and strictly marvel like it's something they could all, you know, enjoy and, and agree upon enjoying. 
it, you know, and, and there's just a lot of fun ideas that can that can be explored. Uh, you know, we can see the framework for what such a thing looked like in the comic books insofar as how it all worked up to that point, yeah. how they worked past that point. But what does that look like now and with like updated designs and you know, figuring out the power sets and moves and you know, what could what could that story be if you're trying to tell it in a much more uh uh cohesive way that's accessible to video gamers comic book nerds and just like general passers-by like somebody who see like this is a cool game i just want to play it that kind of deal you know i i think there's there's a lot that could be explored there and just probably easier to figure out the rights to all of that working together in a in a, a video game or two or three and making their own playable trilogy or mini saga whatever you want to call it as opposed to trying to figure it all out to put it up on a screen like let let the fans be part of the fun of it and it'll pay dividends it'll and not to mention it would fucking rock everybody's socks because you know people would just like lose their minds look at how much people loved marvel versus capcom especially that you know, I, I know I know DC Universe versus Mar- Mortal Kombat was like, you know, a lot of people were into that. But Marvel versus Capcom was like the high watermark. That came out in 98, by the way, two years after this. Yeah. So it's like that was literally the next thing that happened because it's like I was buying my Dreamcast, you know, and, and the first game that I couldn't wait to get was Marvel Capcom 2. That was the only reason I fucking wanted a Dreamcast yeah. was yeah. because of that game. Dude, I loved my Dreamcast. Absolutely. Skies of Arcadia, Power Stone, you know, even like the baseball game that they had there, you know, like everything on Dreamcast. I had Typing of the Dead, you know, <laughs> you know, so it's. But I I think I think the 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 life the half life of this idea this concept is best served in that medium Uh, and that's coming from someone who's not like a big gamer uh but once you put verses in the title i feel like you you've already like teed it up you know might as might as well just go the whole nine and and pull the trigger on the thing because you know, no, no comic book nerd who also plays video games that I know would pass that up. Yeah, I, I am in full agreement. I am surprised that we've not seen a fan film of this, you know, um, because like I said, the concept is so rich, you know, for people to plumb, like we were just talking about like what to do, you know, a, a fan film or like a, a fan crowd based, you know, where, where they make their own video game or animation or something like that. I, I'm surprised. Because yeah. it's like I know I know artists on uh, things are getting sketchy. They just did a coaster night where they do like little coasters. And they did amalgam characters, and before that, like four four weeks ago, they did another one. I showed you guys the big speed demon I got. You know, it's it's yeah. like people are still thinking about this, and it's it's over twenty five, almost thirty years old, and it's like yeah. I don't it, get it, what the issue. The, is. And the like thing is, like, it. there's there's so many there's so many things too that even just within the um oh shit okay there we go sorry i like blew my thing up wide screen like full screen like where did did my address bar go this is bullshit um (laughs) but uh even with the the framework of what came before just using 
that as your your basis. There's so much that can be improved upon. Yes. Just like from I the said, little the dialogue, bit saw. right? The dialogue, the the action beats, um, some of some of the smaller details, the you know slight nuances. Like I feel like some of some of the designs on some of the the costumes could be tweaked slightly. Like I think that there can be a, a an improvement on like Super Soldier. Oh yeah, no, I I agree with that absolutely. You know, like starting with the look. It's not that I have a problem altogether with the look, but it is very, very basic insofar as like, all right, so you took Captain America's costume, cut the top off so his hair was exposed, and you just gave him like the Superman S metal from the rocket instead of a Star Spangled Shield. Okay, like we get it. It's it's a combination of Superman and, and Captain America, but I feel like there's more that can be done, especially if you're calling him Super Soldier. Like, you know, uh, kind of, kind of, maybe something along the lines of like what Lex Luthor did with the weird, bizarro clone thing of Superman and Red Sun. You know, it would be like a USA, but like the U is small, the A is small, and the S is boom right there yeah. in the middle. Um, and that could actually in, in the uh, was it the uh, Pentagon Pentagon? I don't know. Yeah. It, and here's the thing, like you could just have like the the U and the A is like part of the the uniform slash action suit, whatever it is. But that S it actually could be metal taken from the ship and put on his like, you know, body armor, basically given it to him by the government. And, you know, that that's how you have like that little bit of a. Oh, he's got a metallic thing, but because like, why would they give a guy that they just realized was bulletproof a fucking shield to protect him from bullets? It just doesn't make sense. Leo, are you looking at Batman Dead End, the fan film down there? Uh, <laughs> the uh, oh, okay, I was like, no, 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 Batman, uh, Darth Vader. Oh, the uh, okay, I, I've seen Darth Knight. Oh, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, this uh, it's been a while since I've seen this, but. Batman yeah. versus Darth Vader. This uh, this was supposed to happen. I guess there was supposed to be a Star Wars and Justice League crossover that just never panned out. Hmm. And as much as I love uh, Batman, there's no way he's beating Darth Vader. Like, <laughs> how much no prep way. time does he have? He, it's not going to work that way because it's like he's fighting a psychic, you know. It's like, like who can anticipate your every move, you know, and and probably shoot lightning. You know, it's like, yeah. See, here's here's the part where it's like this is kind of what was going to happen. It's like he's going to have to get saved. Oh wow, that's yeah. really this is really something. So, so just uh, re- real quick, just like uh, as an example, we were talking about the amalgam stuff, like Super Soldier. Uh, right here, his powers and abilities, you know, um, it, it says, you know, during World War II, government scientists developed a super soldier formula based on experiments with cellular samples from an alien corpse. They administer the formula as well as solar radiation to a young man named Clark Kent. The mixture of the formula and the radiation give Kent incredible powers and abilities, including super strength, heat vision and flight. Reporter Jimmy Olsen, who sneaks into the super soldier program laboratory, makes a deal with the government. He will not tell the world about the project if the government makes him the official press flag for the super soldier. And uh, why didn't they just kill Jimmy? (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Which is exactly how it would go in the real world. 
Like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure thing. Bang! All right, somebody get this fucking redheaded corpse out of here. Um, but powers and abilities. It says right here, initially, the combination of the super soldier formula and exposure to solar energy gives a super soldier, gives a super soldier, gives super soldier a wide array of, po- array of powers, including super strength, flight, invulnerability, and heat and x-ray vision. So why does he need a fucking shield? I don't know, man. Like it—that's that, what I'm it saying. It doesn't like, really—it doesn't really pan out like why he needs that, but maybe yeah, he needs it because of the kryptonite from the Green Skull. It, I don't know. It makes no sense. It's just silly. It's a, well, you know, I'd my, rather see—I'd rather see him have that S on his chest that he could throw like a goddamn Saran Wrap <laughs> S from Superman Two. <laughs> Me too. I love I think, that craziness. I, I think I think that would make more sense for him to like throw it and like angle it around bing bang boom grab it slap it back on his chest then fucking roll rolling around with it strapped to his wrist like it was gonna do something oh that reminds me since you have a 4k player now you're gonna get the uh the new superman set in 4k uh what the the movie collection yeah Eh, probably i'll probably hold off for a while (laughs) honestly like you know it's i have the man four again in 4k I have I have all of those movies and like I have the Blu-ray set. I have them digitally. I have the three hour TV version of Superman, the movie. I have the Richard Donner cut. You know, I. There's only so many times I'm willing to like buy these movies and I feel like I've reached my limit for a good long time on them. Um. That being said, uh, you know, I, I watched a little bit of Superman three again recently, and uh, it's still fucking deeply terrible. Um, just deeply, deeply terrible. The only good part of that movie is the junkyard fight scene. That is it. Um, you know, I was talking with my wife about it, too, and I was like, you know, this was actually the one Superman movie as a kid that I was not that familiar with because it scared me when the sister got like absorbed by oh, yeah. and then turned into the supercomputer. Mm. Yeah. Uh, it, it frightened me too much as a little kid and I shied away from it. Um, and it wasn't until I was older that I'd like tracked down a copy because we had <laughs> funny enough. It turns out my father actually really paid attention to that. He never recorded Superman three. Mm. We, he recorded one and two and four off of cable never part three and uh it was because he saw how much i freaked out over it when i was little um and when when i finally like hit junior high and stuff like i had to like actually track down a copy and i was like i don't really remember much about this movie and and i watch it i'm like oh well this that's because this movie sucks um (laughs) but But it had richard Pryor. yep one of the reasons it sucks for sure um but you know, that, that being said, uh, looking at it recently, uh, Annette O'Toole playing uh, Lana Lang in it, when she, especially like how young she was in that movie, it's kind of crazy. But if you watch it, uh, you'll see what I'm talking about. She looks like a, 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 a I, shouldn't, I shouldn't say exact, but she looks an awful lot like a redheaded Kobe Smulders in Superman 3. Like it is. Oh, wow. Yeah, if she had ever played like Robin's dead mother on How I Met Your Mother, I would have never questioned it. 
like it, it was like it was uncanny i was like and at the same time i was looking at the screen i was like so many freckles jesus mary and joseph and that's coming from an irish guy was it with you guys that we were talking about how she's married to michael mckeon well, I mean, I do know that she's married to Michael McKeon, um, but I don't know if we talked about it. Yeah, they uh, they've been together for several years now. Uh, they wrote uh, "Kiss at the End of the Rainbow" for the movie "A Mighty Wind" um, together. Uh, but yeah, like it was, it's just it was it's kind of funny, like watching watching some of that because even outside of the junkyard scene for that flick, uh, the stuff where Christopher Reeve is Superman and he shows up to Lana Lang, like goes to her house and everything and sits down. Like it's still, it's, it's actually like no lie. It's on a par with when Christopher Reeve walks into like when Clark walks into Lois's apartment after flying around with her all over the place as Superman right after the interview that he gives her. Like it's, it's that goddamn good. And I think Superman three is honestly the most physically fit that Christopher Reeve was to play the character. Like he, it's the biggest he ever was. Uh, and ironically enough, he, he had to wear a toupee uh, for the movie because Christopher Reeve suffered from alopecia, um, which is like sudden spotty baldness in certain spots. It's an autoimmune thing. Was that eighty uh, four? Like, what what year was Superman three? Uh, I think I think it was eighty three. Was a 83, matter of okay. fact. Yeah, because yeah. I, I um I I know Christopher Reeve from uh, uh, Village of the Damned, and I always th- think of him in that one. So uh, it's I think about the last movie that I saw before Christopher Reeve was paralyzed, and it was a movie called Above Suspicion that he was in with uh, I think it was Finola Hughes. And uh, in it, he plays a cop who finds out that his wife um, is like having an affair with her brother. Uh, and he was in an accident and he's paralyzed. But it turns out like he actually he he healed and he wasn't paralyzed, but he still like stayed in a wheelchair all the time. Oh, wow to help his alibi when he basically comes up with this huge plan to kill them both wow, uh, and make it look like they were trying to kill him to like, you know, like take advantage of a life insurance policy and stuff. And, um, yeah. So like the last movie that I saw with Christopher Reeve in it before he was paralyzed for the rest of his life was a movie where he played a cop who was pretending he was paralyzed for the rest of his life. It was like, geez. Yeah. Some real, like, it's like some throw mama from the train bullshit right there. On top of it. I I mean, I, I ended up working horse shows, uh, here in, in Massachusetts, uh, you know, several years later. And, uh, I ended up meeting and befriending, uh, several people, including judges who were, judges at the show that Christopher Reeve was show jumping in where he broke his neck. You know, like and you've, I, you've never met Reeve, right? No, I never met him. Oh. Unfortunately. Um, I'm still not gonna, it's not going to happen because yeah. uh, he's dead. I, I don't know if everyone out there is aware, but it happened. Um, but yeah, we, like, have, we have hologram technology. So we do. Never, we do. Yeah. You never know. I'll, I'll finally get a chance to talk to him and Tupac. Yeah, exactly. I'm just kidding. Tupac's alive on an island somewhere. That's 
that's what the guy who talks to himself on the bus told me anyway. <laughs> but uh, oh, that was that was nice of him. <laughs> yeah, wasn't it? Um, Next time, ask him about Dark Claw. See what he yeah, says. <laughs> yes. What do you think about Dark Claw? I don't know no shit about yeah. Dark Claw. Let me tell you about Biggie, though. Biggie, where Biggie's hiding out. All right. He starts thing, talking about like Air Force One, and you're like, ah, I see you read it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so listen, listen to the cast of of this movie, Above Suspicion: Christopher Reeve, Joe Mantegna, Kim Cattrall, Fanola Hughes. William H. Macy. Oh, wow. And Clark Gregg. What? Yeah. 1995, man. Wow. Yeah. And I was right. Fanola Hughes plays, plays his like wife or whatever. Is it, Yeah. Is it... So was it Joe Mantegna was the, the guy that uh, she was cheating on him with? No. Joe Mantegna is the detective who's trying I'm to figure detective. out. Yeah. I am a detective. And I will figure out what it is you are doing. Don't play dumb with me. What's a moita? <laughs> yeah, no, he's a, uh, what's a moita? <laughs> I'm skinny, Tony. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, he, um, he's, like I said, Christopher Reeve is a detective and like something like a, there's some kind of accident or whatever. And uh, he's shot during like a, a raid on like a, an apartment building or something. And he gets paralyzed, but it's like from the waist down. And I remember like he like there's this one really fucked up part. Like he's been pulling himself up and like retraining himself to be able to walk, Um, which means he's been slowly but surely like actually getting sensation back. And Joe Mantegna's character is like so fucking convinced (laughs) that he's faking that. I think it's like right at the end of the movie, he um he's just like desperate to prove that Christopher Reeve can walk, and he he grabs like a a letter opener or something and stabs him right in the leg. Oh my god! And Christopher Reeve's just like, you stabbed me in the leg. Why would you stab me in the leg? <laughs> He said it like 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 Bloom from the producers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Exactly. I need my blanket. You and, stabbed uh, me. You stabbed me, and I'm wet. <laughs> and I'm wet and hysterical. <laughs> but uh, then they do the that. Thing, uh, but the thing is, the dude, scoundrels. the dude is just like so. Uh, yeah, probably. He's so like obsessed and singularly driven that he doesn't even fucking flinch when this dude does it. Like he's that like. He's he's overcome his own like physicality so much, and like they uh you know they kind of wheel him out, and that dude's just like what the fuck, and they're like yeah dude you know you're under arrest right? He just stabbed a dude, so like you're done, you're not a detective anymore, and like he kind of goes off and he's just kind of like smirking like to himself, and he's like yeah I might have gotten stabbed in the leg, but I fucking got away with everything. You know, it's it's actually not a bad flick. Um, this is this is an interesting episode. I mean, we've got like video game suggestions. We've got like <laughs> what ifs that we're positing and all that, and movie recommendations. I mean, this is this is as you know action packed as a Dork Knight episode can get. 
Yes, yes. Some some might say not very focused, but action packed is a great way to describe. <laughs> well, it's like I mean, what do you have? Twenty two pages in a comic book, and it's like a lot of it is visual representation and exposition dump in Dark Claw. It's just the coolest concept with the loosest story and the loosest dialogue. What can you really do? You can yeah. only like hey, listen, go out, find yourself a copy, and enjoy it. And you know, yeah. me me talking about above suspicion, it's kind of an amalgamation too, because sure. you know, like life imitating art. <laughs> you yeah, know, like there's there's a mashup there. Like, oh, Christopher Reeve played a paraplegic, and then Christopher Reeve became a quadriplegic. Okay, all right, it lines up. I see where Tab A and Sloppy work. Man, look at those dead Waynes up in that picture frame. <laughs> You know, I'm just really glad that we didn't see them get killed in some fucking muddy alleyway in Canada, in Canada, <laughs> where <laughs> where Logan Wayne is from. If, or if this was now, I, I wonder if they would go through the whole origin thing where it'd be like, oh, yeah, this was my mom and this was, you know, my dad. But, you no, know, he like would he, he would be fighting to try to find out more about his past. And that's what drives exactly. him to yep. learn to, to find uh, Raj Apocalypse because that's who's actually going to be behind the experiments that he was a part of because it's all part of the idea of like survival of the fittest and, you know, testing to see who will be the ones that survive. And blah, see, blah, 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 blah. we, yeah, I'm, I'm in, I'm with it, man. Like that's, yeah, that's, that's what, on, what should have happened. And, you know, like, well, like I said in the last episode, if I ever run into Jim Lee again, you know, I'm going to be like, Hey, amalgam, you should really think about it. You know, <laughs> Let, let's get some amalgam stuff. If I run into Jim Lee, I'm gonna fucking sit him down and have a couple of other things to say. Not in a mean way. I'm just like I have I have other. Well, ideas. you told us last episode you're gonna to talk to him about generations. Fucking so. a right, I am. <laughs> well, if uh, if they're gonna play up the parents, you know, you definitely have to do it where like his parents were like ancient times or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Stylize yeah. it where they're they're older. You know, they're from the 1860s or something. Yeah, yeah. 19th century, Canada. <laughs> I'm saying it wrong on purpose. And, predates uh, hockey. Yeah. <laughs> and uh I will say this, I do I do enjoy the idea that Dark Law actually does match up with like the physicality of say like Hugh Jackman <laughs> as opposed it's to true. Wolverine. Yeah. Um but yeah, I think I think there's a lot that could be done there in all honesty. I mean, I would rename Hyena I would I would not name him Creed Harley Quinn, yeah. Because uh, I f I feel like there's more that could be done with Harley Quinn as as a character within this. I don't know right off the bat, you know who you, who you can combine her with. Oh, dude, like that. why did I leave this on the table? Sean Murphy. Why wouldn't Sean Murphy do this? What the hell? Why not? Yeah. Yeah, that would that would be something else, you know. And you know what? Like, if you're gonna do, if you're gonna do Super Soldier Man, like uh, I would, I would honestly say bring in um, uh, Tom Taylor. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, and he's kind of wacky enough to where he'd probably love it. Yeah, I th I well, I think you know he could play. He could have a lot of fun playing with that, and and really like, oh my god, combine combine the Eternals with apocalypse like the planet oh. apocalypse like Adelan yeah, yeah. Like, uh, like the uh the forever people yeah you know? yeah yep. yeah and oh man like 
have the boom tubes actually be like their version like it's not teleportation but it's actually their version of like the Terrigen mist oh okay yeah yeah how does this sound harley quinn and carnage oh shit that would be scary That'd be very scary. That would be really, and, and instead of like like the uh, the red balls like that she has, they're like blades. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> dude, that would be God. really scary, man. Jesus, Christ. yeah, I like it. You just scared the pants off me, dude. That was like, <laughs> yeah, that would be nuts. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's you know, in, in, in quite frank, oh, you know what? I know, I know, I have it. We we were talking about Iron Miles Reyes. We were talking spider. about Iron. Lan- we were talking about we were talking about Iron Lantern before, and you you know like how would you do that? Like what would you do? I I know part of it is like you want to kind of take like things that don't seem like they would line up and and mush them together, but I I don't think it worked well with with that story because especially at that point in time, you know things before the MCU or anything, Tony Stark was a very like meh kind yeah, of character. He's, bo- he's boring. You know, and how Jordan armor is, wars, what is he? Yeah, and or demon in a bottle. Um and how Jordan, I you know, I kind of feel the same way about like he's the least interesting Green Lantern to me. But how about never mind Tony Stark? All right, and, and not even necessarily Hal Jordan, just Green Lantern, okay? Green Lantern, Kyle Rayner, let's say, and Richard Ryder. Mm. Nova. That's interesting. Yeah. Because you already have like a Nova core and a Green Lantern core. <sighs> Mash that together. That's, that that's, I thought you were going to say John Stewart and uh, James Road, Rhodey Rhodes. You know, I mean, I, I would, like, st- I would still buy it. Awesome too. I would still buy that 100%. Yeah, I'm like that's that's someone right there where it's like, hey, maybe Tony Stark, you know, was the one who created half of this, and then he maybe, died. You know, maybe and... you combine maybe you combine Rhodey with Steel with John Henry Irons, and have uh, him yeah, be cool have too. him be your like Tony Stark type character. See that, and that, and that's the thing too. I feel like John Henry Irons doesn't get enough credit, like for being like the amazing inventor that he is. And it's like the fact that he cobbled together a suit that was worthy enough to fight, you know, friggin' cyborg Superman. He no made the suit in his garage. I'm like, guys, do not, you know, disrespect John Henry Irons because it's like that is a big deal. You yeah, know? he never he never had like the fucking billions of dollars behind him that Tony Stark always did. Yeah, I, and, I actually and his think his daughter's a great hero too. You know. Yeah, and, and the thing is, like, John Henry Irons, he did start off, like, making weapons for the government, and he actually did have that whole thing that they showed with Tony Stark in the MCU, where he found out the weapons he was making were killing, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people, and he was like, yeah, I'm not I'm not doing this anymore, and walked away, and he, he completely abandoned that life. That's what he was doing in Metropolis. He stopped creating even though he was still having ideas constantly and he just became a construction worker you know he was still trying to build something but you know taking his time and and you know pacing himself because you can only go so fast when you're making a building from the ground up like which is one of the things i always appreciated about the character he's like yeah i needed to like slow myself down i was having 
too many thoughts about all these things I could do and I needed perspective and there's no better perspective when you're, you know, several stories up working on something with a group of other guys. And, you know, it's, it's going to be standing here long after you're gone. And that's when he fell and Superman saved him. And that's when it all started up again. Superman inspired him. He's like, maybe I could actually use the things I make to help people myself instead of making them for other people to use and come up with their own purposes for them. And you know, yeah, wasn't he a Louise Simonson uh, creation? I believe so. Yeah, Louise Simonson like right and after John Byrne, and yeah, yeah, Louise Simonson and John Bogdanov. Bogdanov. Yep. Nice. Yeah. Superman, the Man of Steel. Um, but yeah, like there's there's like all kinds of fun combinations and amalgamations you can make, and some uh, that would probably make far more narrative sense than than others. Uh, and, and some that are just out and out far more fun. I, I think there are things that you can lean into that should be goofier. Mm-hmm. And then other like things. Deadpool. That, yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, maybe Deadpool would be with Harley Quinn since they're essentially, you know, the flip oh, yeah. side of the coin now. Who knows? Ooh, okay, so Deadpool with Harley Quinn. And then Joker with Carnage. Because Harley, she's trying to cure Cletus Cassidy. I would say, me personally, I would say Deadpool with Ambush Bug and Harley Quinn with She-Hulk. Oh, with She-Hulk? No. How does that work? A whole lot of fourth wall breaking and lots of, you know, uh, subversive uh, sexual overtones turned into jokes to mock the reader. (laughs) Not to not lean into the trope, but actually draw attention to it and mock the person that's looking forward to it. Or, or um, do you kind of mix her with Lobo? You know, since that's another uh, interesting character. And I know going back to Lobo that we were talking, but there's your your uh, crazy zany. Oh wait, that's DC still. You couldn't do that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I guess it would be Deadpool and Lobo if anything. But but yeah i mean there's 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 lots of there's lots of fun stuff that that can be done honest to god and imagine imagine doing j l i like formerly known as the justice league and great lake avengers yeah yeah exactly <laughs> you know like g l a all right well hmm, all right you're halfway there <laughs> and there's there's so much stuff that's happened since then right brandon like guardians of the galaxy which wasn't even really a thing like they had it but it wasn't great like the defenders iron fist you know like like these characters that have kind of been around but they didn't have a good really base at this time in 1996 and on dc's yeah. end you've got all these crazy characters too that have happened and now you can also bring in the Wildstorm universe. So it's like Gen 13 and the Wildcats, which is, is going. You can add those guys in. So it's like like right now you'd have like this infinite sandbox. It'd be insane. Well, and the, the funny thing, too, is like when you think about before the, the MCU, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy was actually uh, you know, a group of heroes in the 31st century. Yeah. Yep. In Marvel Comics. So really if you were going to do anything with guardians of the galaxy think about it in those terms why not try to combine them with legion of superheroes of course yeah lightning lad and saturn girl and matter eating lad you know yeah that i mean major victory you know it's there's there's like there's a lot of different stuff that can be mashed up and and what have you and 
some of the things that we've covered so far, just a couple of them, uh, and, you know, we're going to be doing this for just a couple more weeks. Uh, we'll have a couple more projects that, you know, issues that we look at. And that still leaves 20 more for <laughs> the, the, <laughs> yep. next, the next few Mays. Um, but, I mean, there's there's just, like, such a huge sandbox to play in. And I think it's the lament of every comic book fan who is either known of amalgam since its inception when it came out in the nineties or has been made aware of it over time. And they were able to read up on it and maybe find the issues and read the whole kit and caboodle. Uh, It it, it is the lament of, of every single one of those fans that there's been nothing past that second wave. Uh, and especially considering that second wave, because it it did not deliver on the promise of what the first wave was. You know, we 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 got we got some rehashes of stuff that we got in the first wave, which I'm surprised we did on some of them, like Magneto and his Magnetic Men. Okay, great. Like there was a huge call for Metal Men combined with with X Men on the second wave. All right. Who said yes to this? Dan DiDio. <laughs> Listen, I think Dan DiDio actually had some pretty solid ideas. He was just met with this. This lot. was well before him. So it's, yeah, I think uh, but Paul even even time. in his time, I think I think he had some pretty big ideas. And honestly, it was people just working within the industry. Never mind the fans working like for DC with him, you know, for him that were stuck a bit in their traditionalist ways, like sort of the same thing that a lot of these uh, fanatical fanboys get where like, yeah, we, we, we love improvements and we want everything to be better, but like, you know, don't change anything and keep it the same. (laughs) Well, I just meant because he was the one who was writing the metal men. So yeah, he was, he was actually the scribe. So (laughs) yeah, I'm I'm just saying like my, my, my boy got, done a little dirty i think oh, i agree with you absolutely i mean and, and look at it now like it's just uh dc has gone from hand to hand to hand to finally it's like now jim lee is in charge so it's like okay he i mean you're not gonna get rid of jim lee you know? so no not after he not after he sold <laughs> the wild storm universe and bought into dc hardcore he's like yeah no i'm obviously. it's like the there's two guys out there that could maybe like like, you know, oh, you want to sell a comic book? Let's put their art on the cover. Alex Ross and Jim Lee. Like, those are the two guys where it's like, yeah, we're going to sell this book no no matter what. Yeah. So and it's 100%. like, and, and if you I don't mean, think that's fact, look at what Marvel did two years ago. Where they took <clears> all of the X-Men card series and they put them on the cover of all these books. Like, Spider-Girl's not selling. Let's put his picture of Rogue on the cover. So oh, Dynamite yeah. Entertainment did the same thing. They're like, yeah, okay. Did they seriously? Look at how many covers Alex Ross has done for Dynamite. Oh, oh Dynamite. Dynamite. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Look at okay. how many covers that I he's done. Jim Lee, and I'm like, what the really? Oh yeah, no, 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 not him. I mean Alex Ross. <clears throat> but yeah, like it was. Just, it's the same thing. Same thing there. Like, oh yeah, no, we just have him do the cover, then people will buy it. Oh, you're not wrong. Like, it's, can't argue with that. It's it's a thing. You know, it's it's ingrained in us at this point, and, and I mean. Like if he wanted to bring back Amalgam, all he'd have to do is draw a picture of freaking Dark Claw and put it up on Twitter, and that shit will sell like gangbusters. You know? Yeah, I mean, people people want to see it. I just I think the medium needs to be tweaked. That's all. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, the comics would be would be lovely. 
absolutely lovely to have. But I think if you want to make a big splash with it, no pun intended, because we're talking about comics. Uh, I think I think video game is is the way to go. You you have your I, Marvel, I love the idea. Yeah. Marvel versus DC, DC versus Marvel game, and then you can have your amalgam game, and like it's all one gigantic story. Well, it'd definitely be a good way for them to dip their toes in the water and then <laughs> see where things go from there. You know, um, I, I totally dig the thought of uh, animated, like you said, Justin. You know, I think that'd be a good next step. Yeah, it, it just comes down to both entities agreeing upon certain things. I mean, you'd have to you'd have to navigate that with an expert legal level, the likes of which we've not seen since like Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah, James Gunn there. Maybe he'll help. <laughs> yeah, maybe. You know, like... um, you know f- funny enough, um, just, you know, talking about kind of weird connections and how worlds colliding that you wouldn't otherwise think of. Um, I found out recently uh, Keegan-Michael Key from like Key and Peele and Mad TV and what have you, Sh- uh, Uh He did uh, one of those like DNA things not too long ago. And uh, he's adopted. He's, he's from Detroit, Michigan. And uh, he found out that he had a couple of half brothers, um, both of whom unfortunately passed away. Uh, but one of them who had passed away, uh, he was a comic book writer and artist who uh, eventually moved to LA and started working on animation. Get out. Keegan Michael Key's half brother was Dwayne McDuffie. Yeah, like, how fucking bananas is that? Dude, I am one of the biggest Dwayne McDuffie fans you're going to find. So, like, dude, Dwayne, Mc... <laughs> that's the thing that drives me fucking nuts about people saying, like, why don't they make this more like the animation? It's like, I got news for you, kids. Even if you it, you got some of the people that worked on DC animation, like now or over the past 15 years, it's never going to be as good as what that animation was crisis on two earths brother yeah because Dwayne mcduffie is no longer with us and he is what actually made all of those fucking projects worthwhile like damn yeah it's it's a damn shame and andrea romano and all that well yeah don't get me wrong like her her voice casting and direction is i think sam sam lou was there too at the time and and he's he's still doing it but it's like he's not the writer but dwayne mcduffie was he he brought so much heart and wit to everything and he 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 never treated any character and anything they were doing as less than any other character within a story you know that was the fun thing about the justice league unlimited team-ups is you get those like seemingly mismatched pairings those are great books too yeah yeah you know it's it's like he was those on on paradox (laughs) you yeah he was he was absolutely like a singular talent and um you know i i i love that they've they've done stuff over the years like like naming high schools in uh some of the comic books and some of the animated series like after Dwayne mcduffie like you know, Dwayne, you know, McDuffie High School, stuff like that. Um, but, you know, I think with some of the things that are happening now, James Gunn himself has said uh, a couple of things that are heartening. One is 
they are talking with Milestone Media uh, about doing a static movie. Cool. Um, and that would be great. You know, just people. So one to... fixed camera. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it just, yep. It just doesn't move. All it's static. Just... Baby. <laughs> no dollies, nothing. No crane shots. Uh, everybody walks into frame. Yes. Yeah. Everybody walks into frame, walks out. That's it. Um, but Man, this is a geeky show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, he, he has said that, you know, that, indicated that they do want to do it, which means that they have to come to an agreement with licensing the character because milestone media owns static. It is not a character owned by WB or DC. It never has been, and it never will be from, from what we can see. Like there's no impetus for them to sell any of their characters. And I do not blame them for one second. They should hold on to them. Uh, but also James Gunn has said like, Oh, you know, in, I think he was right to temper expectation where he's like a DC Marvel, like crossover in cinema is a closer thing to happening now because of the position I'm in and like the working and friendly relationship I have with Kevin Feige. Mm-hmm. that's and that's about like and, and that's the best you could you could hope for really just to say like yeah it's closer to happening but that's you know that's like saying like oh if i if i jump up in the air like to the highest of my ability like i'm technically yes i am closer to the moon but is it gonna fucking get me there probably not it's like this meme i saw today that said the uh the Tyrannosaurus Rex is technically closer to the iPhone than it is to the Stegosaurus because it's separated by 85 million years. <laughs> so it's only 65 million years between the iPhone and the Tyrannosaurus Rex. So, you know. Yeah, drop in the bucket, kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, you know, I mean, you just you, you take that for what it's worth. I mean, you know, I, I think a lot of people, so, they kind of stop reading when they get that confirmation bias and like, Oh, I saw what I wanted to see. It's like, Whoa, you, you know, there, there wasn't even punctuation where you stopped reading. There was a whole rest of the sentence here. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Goldblum was reading it. It just kept going. <laughs> <laughs> you crazy sons of bitches. <laughs> you didn't even stop to think if you should do it. Yeah, ex- exactly. That's uh, they never stopped to think about that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah so i mean there's there's uh there's a lot of fun to be had with this there's a lot of stuff you can track down um you know i have not been able to find if anybody's digitized the amalgam cards uh it, it, it'd be awesome if they did it seems like an um, instagram thing somebody would have done you know you would think so right but yeah. huh maybe maybe he'll do that <laughs> maybe he'll maybe i'll sit there with every single card i have and take a shot of it and put it up on the comics paradox Instagram page. Oh, that'd be crazy. I'd probably love yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Maybe other people would too. Who knows? <laughs> I'm looking forward to when, when we get to talk about some, some of these other books, because I, I don't have as much familiarity with the characters. And I think you're going to, you're going to really open my mind with the super soldier and um, spider boy and all that. But um, <laughs> spider boy is nuts, dude. <laughs> like it who, is. Who are we going to cover well, next? That's the question. Um, what for amalgam? Yeah, yeah. Who's who's next? 
I think it actually is Super Soldier. Is it? Okay, we're doing Super Soldier, and then... um... For Dork Knight, I believe we're doing Bruce Wayne, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Okay, cool, because I wasn't sure if it was that or Strange Fate. I couldn't remember which one. But, um, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it. I haven't read The Super Soldier yet. So I, I read it in 96. I haven't read it again. So Yeah, well, that'll... <laughs> that's, uh, that's quite a bit of time between, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Let me see. Got it. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm just looking right now. Sorry, I've been frozen in the north. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, the way I mean, the way we had it set up, uh, what's today? The 15th? Oh, well, actually, we're we're a week behind, guys. Eesh. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the next one would be Super Soldier. And the one after that would be uh, Bruce Wayne, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, and we actually were slated because we, we had to bump a week. Uh, but uh, it was going to be Speed Demon, Dark Claw, Super Soldier, Bruce Wayne, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., and Doctor Strange Fate. We might not get to Doctor Strange Fate. That's that's okay. But yeah, those those um those two right there, Super Soldier and Bruce Wayne, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., I think, I think that'll be fun, especially for Dork Knight, uh, considering we're getting another, you know, faceted character based on one of the parts of uh, Batman. Uh, only instead of Wolverine, we see him mixed with Nick Fury. And I believe Bruce Wayne, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. might be the DC. Is that the DC one? Or... That's Marvel. That's Marvel. Okay, yeah, that's Marvel. Um, so yeah, that'll, that'll, that'll be interesting. I haven't read that one in, in years either. Uh, so yeah, well, we, and, and if, if for some reason you feel like throwing a dart at a board and reading something else, that's fine too, <laughs> you know? Yeah, we, we, we talked about it and you can find the trade paperbacks of these on eBay. They're a bit expensive. You know, um, there's the Amalgam Age of Comics, DC Comics collection, and then there's the revisited one. I actually paid, uh, I think 70 bucks. I think the other uh, one is coming to me, the DC comics. So I'll have both collections. Yeah. Marvel, the Marvel ones are expensive. The mm-hmm. cheapest one I've seen is in the UK. It was 125 bucks with $30 shipping. That is a sizable amount to be paying yeah, for. They you know, actually made collected volumes of wave two as well. Yeah. Yeah. Side. And those are, those are even harder to find. Yeah, it's it's something, guys. But I mean, the books themselves. I, I don't know what you guys have uh, by you, but you know, for the listeners and all that, if you go to places like Second and Charles, who have like those those big uh, bin uh, back issue bins or um, uh, half price books, I found all of my amalgam books there, and it's like two dollars to just pick them out. So, oh, that's not bad. That's not yeah. bad at all. Yeah, and um, I, I buy tons of copies of Dark Claw. So <laughs> I give it out to everybody. I'm like, Merry Christmas, here's a Dark Claw. <laughs> oh, great. Another Dark Claw for Christmas. I'm just, I'll put it with the pile, I guess. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, I mean, that's, that's uh, I think, pretty much the, the limit of uh, what we can say. <laughs> I mean, we reached the limit of what we can say about the Legend of the Dark Obviously, Claw. I liked him. I mean, I didn't hear much from, from Leo about opinion. Um, what, what do you think of this one? Uh, I dug it. Um, I think it was more Wolverine heavy. You know, I didn't really oh, get yeah. too much um, Batman out of it. Um, but I, I thought it was an awesome combination. You know, it, it's like, what if Batman, like, you know, 
his no kill rule was removed, you know, and, and mm. it was just a ball of fury, you know, geez, they didn't even get to that part, but yeah, you're right. That challenges yeah. all those sort of things. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. You know, it's, um, I, I mean, I enjoy it. I, I, this is, this is one of the very good amalgam comics. Uh, you know, there's in, even within the, the story itself that we saw, like there's, there's plenty to how, how do I say it? It's a it's an or, orgiastic feast of of uh, visuals that, <laughs> that you're getting because it really it really does like look far better than it's executed, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah, it, it reading the story like we did. I think that is a perfect way to describe it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think there's certain. The certain like I I love the the marriage of of uh, Joker and Sabretooth. That is one hundred. I think that's actually even better than Wolverine and Batman. It's so good. It's and he's frightening. Yeah, one hundred percent. Um, you know it's. I think uh, Sparrow, you know Jubilee, that could have been, that could have been worked a little bit better. Like especially like the the costume or uniform, or whatever. It, you know, I just feel like sticking Jubilee in a Robin-like costume and giving her a different name was like, eh, all right, you know, but maybe have both sides of that play out a little bit more. You know, maybe maybe don't just have her be a pain in the ass, but, you know, you could have added like a little bit of uh, Tim Drake-esque stuff to that, you know, really have her be incredibly savvy as well as just like a pain in the ass teenager like that, I think would have been the best way to go. Or make um, her like Oracle, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Something you could easily combine all three of those. Yeah. Um, and well, she did figure out the Gutenberg password. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it, it, they didn't really play that up. Like she, it was, it was skill, you know, it was just kind of like, yeah, I guessed. And, you know, they're idiots because they, they just made it so easy. Like, ha, 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 Gutenberg Press. <laughs> of course we got it. Um, you know, see a it's little a bit more. password one. It's like. <laughs> yeah, one, two, three, four, five. It's like the code to some idiot's luggage. One, two, three, four, five? That's the same That's code the same I have in my luggage. My luggage. <laughs> it's really Mel Brooks heavy episode here, isn't it? <laughs> it's, I mean, Mel Brooks heavy brains. What do you want? Um, but yeah, like, I think I think this is like, honestly one of the best concepts that they had across the board for uh for amalgam comics and you know right up there i honestly think speed demon is another one like where the concept is just like it's actually like really really good and there's so much that gets thrown at you that it's like all right this is i mean it's a mishmash whatever but like if this were actually given room to breathe this could be like a really fun comic like this yeah. would be really cool um and the the same is can be said for the other ones that we're looking at in particular for covering in the next like few weeks on both shows um and then you have you have very silly ones that you know i mentioned like spider boy um and then the the one for wave two spider boy team up is even goofier it's like they had a contest in the bullpen to see who could do the most coke and then write a comic book story. <laughs> uh, um, another nineties trope. Oh yeah, it's the best. 
extreme with three X's in it. And, uh, but yeah, like there, there's, there's things like if you were able to look up the amalgam comic book cards that they did, uh, they expand upon some of the ideas and, and give you some more background into the combination of characters that you see even for a split second in some of these comic books, which is, you know, the most you're going to get for fleshing out some of these things. And that's really at the heart of, of these amalgam comics altogether is like, we enjoy them because like, you know, what else is there for this thing that, that we have one, but two, I mean, this is, this is the fun of, of reading comic books when you're a kid and you, you don't, I don't think we get much of a chance as adults to, to jump back and hearken to that uh, in this day and age, especially because so many people are focused on, they want these characters to be written for them now when they're, you know, 30, 35, 40. And they seem to forget that they fell in love with these characters when they were like 10, you know, and dark claw, super soldier, iron lantern, these are all the things a fucking 10-year-old would absolutely 100% adore. You know, so I I really I really dig on on the overall ideas and I think anybody that truly just loves fun in their comics. And I, you know, not not cheesy, silly, stupid, you know, Archie, Betty Veronica type shit, you know, but just, you know, having a sense of enjoyment and even some wonderment in in so, something that really when you hold it when you see these things like it, it it's such a it, it's such a a brief glimmer of everything every comic book nerd has ever wanted to see you know yeah it, i, I it, agree it, it's haley's comet you know if you don't if you you've heard about it you know like oh you can you can look back and see oh this happened but until you see it for yourself, you know, you have your own version of it. Like it's, it's not, it's not really going to hit you, you know, the same way that I think, I think, uh, this is one of those things when, especially in the nineties, like for me as a kid, like I felt the, for lack of a better term, like the importance, the milestone that this was, we truly thought this was going to change how, we were going to get comic books moving forward from that point. Like it was the literal best of both worlds. We were finally going to have this thing where the big two agreed on starting a thing together. And so many of us really fucking loved it. And then after the second year, they were like, so, you know, that's that. And that's it. You know, we're 22, 23 years later. Right, twenty no, me Jesus, my twenty six years later, you know, and nothing, not a damn thing. Yeah, we got we got twenty we got twenty four comics straight up and a set of cards, and you know, deviant art fan art. <laughs> if, if you go that well, route, the, the cards had holograms, so that's something. You know? Yeah, we got that going for us, which is nice. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so I, I, I really enjoyed it. And, um, you know, if if they came out with 
more next week, I'd be all I would run right down to my local comic yeah, book shop. Me too. <laughs> yeah. Not so. bad, guys. I mean, yeah. two hour talk about a twenty two page, you know, partially executed uh comic that, you know, was a one shot. Not bad. Yeah. I, I I yeah, I'd say we did pretty well. I mean we did pepper in a lot of other shit, but <laughs> yeah, of course, you know. <laughs> but you know, par for the course. I don't know. I thought this was the most on task we've been in a while. <laughs> it felt good. It felt right. Yeah. It felt organic. It yeah. just felt right. <laughs> well, on that note, we'll wrap things up. I want to thank everybody for watching this fine evening. You know, uh, you know me. Just Google me. You'll find a bunch of stuff. Could be true. Could be not. I'm not going to say which is which, but I run the Dorkening Podcast Network. Head on over to thedorkening.com. A lot of awesome people doing a lot of awesome stuff. You can find me doing a bunch of shows, uh, you know, with these fine gentlemen here. Uh, they'll tell you other stuff that I that we do together. Uh, I also do splash pages every Tuesday and then uh, still took them with on Wednesdays along with midweek geeks as well. And uh, we'll kick it over to Justin. Yeah, uh, folks, check us out on Good Pods. Give us a rating over there, you know, um, and uh, that's that's where I like to listen to my comics paradox. And I like to listen to my dork night. But um, check us out there. Check out the other shows I have. Uh, the Epic Tales from the Sewers, a TMNT podcast and uh the new one, um, Generation Playlist, all about music. So just had our episode all about Outlaw Country and Pink Floyd. So separately, of course. But um, <laughs> check, check those out. Woohoo. Brandon. Hey, everybody. Uh, first off, why don't you come on over to Facebook and check out the group Powers Combined. We're just a consortium of uh, dorks, geeks, and nerds that like to get together and share news, info, jokes, memes, good times, and laughs to be had by all. Our number one rule there is don't be a jerk. If you violate that, you will be booted immediately. Uh, if you want to check me out on social media, I'm on Twitter at Brandon's Powers and on Instagram at this Brandon has powers. Uh, aside from here on the dork night, you can check me out every other week uh, on the sister show for this, I guess you could say uh, comics paradox in which we talk about uh, all kinds of alternate reality tales and takes on characters like what ifs from Marvel uh, elseworlds from DC comics, uh, as well as alternate reality tales like uh, X-Men age of apocalypse or amalgam comics. Like we were covering in, in this episode and uh, last week's episode of comics paradox. Uh, if you want to check out Comics Paradox uh, on Twitter, it's uh, at comics underscore paradox and uh, on Instagram at comics paradox podcast. And that's uh, comics with an X on both of those. Uh, and you can also check me out on Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Dorkening's Midweek Geeks live stream show. Uh, and for this uh, Comics Paradox or any of the other 40 shows, 40 plus shows that the Dorkening produces, uh, you can find them wherever fine podcasts are broadcast. That we'll catch you later. Bye. Have a Bye. good one, everybody. I, I'm sorry. What? Oh, uh, if you there's uh, one scene where you actually see the um, representation of the animated characters from the cartoon. Yeah. Oh, they're in the background. Yeah, I saw. Oh. Them. Yeah, and they, they, they show up. See, I'm like, yeah, yeah. But that wasn't Willie Ames and Adam Rich and Donald Most, and you know, wasn't them.
Willie Ames, my God. I would yeah. have noticed him in the movie. That I was you, just saying that. That YouTuber lied then. They he said did. It's, it's the voice actors. And I, I no, believe it's, him. it's totally not. <laughs> he was too young to be around when that was. Because I saw, I was looking directly at it. I'm like, dude, look at look at little Adam. Like, you know, the barbarian. He looks jacked. You know, and, and I'm like, he's not a kid. He's like a guy. So, yeah. And, and I'm like, show Presto. Now I'm like, all right, show. <laughs> well, I'm like, yeah, it was really fun. How dare YouTube lie to us? I know we're, right. we're on YouTube, right? We must be spinning some fibs. <laughs> I mean, if not, we can. Yeah. There'll well, be more episodes. There'll be more issues of Dark Claw. <laughs> yes, yes. Tune in for next week when we talk about Legends of Dark Claw number two. <laughs> <laughs> right. Here's a here's a fun lie. I think Grace Randolph is reliable. Well, there there was a second uh, comic. Yes, yes, but not quite the same. No, no. There's Legends of the Dark Law, which is what we'll be covering tonight, and then there's Dark Law Adventures, which is done in the animated style of uh, Batman the Animated Series. Guys, this is so '90s; it hurts. Like, like seriously, the the art style, everything else. You know, um, I, I know Leo usually does that, but I, I just want to mention that the artist that they got for this is Jim Ballant, who, if you think of Catwoman in the 90s, that's Jim Ballant's art, you know, with like the, the purple outfit and the long black hair and the whip and, you know, like the bad girl cheesecake stuff. You know, that's mm. that's Jim Ballant, you know, and that is about as 90s DC as you can get. Yeah, I I mean. Can't, can't go wrong with Larry Hama's dialogue either. Nothing like watching a teenage girl call a grown woman a slut. It's so weird, too, because, like, I don't know if you guys got this feeling, but I got the feeling that he was channeling, like, 1960s or, or maybe even, like, Batman Forever dialogue. You know, something like that. When you look at it, you're like, this is so stylized. Like, it's not it's not current. It seemed old fashioned, you know, but they had helicopters and computers. I'm like, what's going well, on? I mean, it was Larry Hama doing doing this in the nineties. So but it was sticky. You know, it's yeah. it's not like it's not like we're gonna analyze this in the back computer and stuff. It's like, you know, um Dark Claw making puns and stuff like that, and Joker being like, That was weak. <laughs> it's yeah. like it was it was interesting because it, it didn't have like like, you know, in the 90s, you had like Chuck Dixon writing and stuff like that. It might be like a bit more put together dialogue that people might actually talk like, you know, as opposed to being like, like sticky. So, yeah. Well, uh, you know, before we go too deep, we'll kick it off. And uh, oh, here will, we go. Will we? Will we? We, we, will, we, will, kick, will we, we kick it off? Yeah, kick yeah. it! <laughs> you did that last episode. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, keep doing uh, it. <laughs> Let's turn this mother out. 